this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. And if you want more of The Confessionals every week on Thursdays, we release a bonus episode for members only on the website. So if you want more of what you hear on Tuesdays, then go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. Now we got a great show planned for you today. This is a show that I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to release to you guys, but it's finally here. We have Ryan coming on and Ryan actually had a very close encounter with a skinwalker that changed his life forever and to the point that he started researching this phenomenon especially near skinwalker ranch he bought a property that lines up right next to the property of skinwalker ranch and he does his own research right there and he has a property manager that he had told to not shoot at anything he sees on the property because he's trying to create a safe haven a sanctuary for this phenomenon so any cryptids any monsters any ghosts any ufos aliens do not get shot at on ryan's property so without any further delay let's bring on ryan and talk to him why he bought the property next door to skinwalker ranch All right, today we got a great guest coming on, Ryan Burns. Sir, how are you? Can't complain. Can't complain. Life is good. Good, man. So, uh, Ryan, you are an interesting guy because uh, you're the only person I've ever heard of that successfully uh, convinced their wife to allow them to buy property 
that's next to Skinwalker Ranch. How did that happen? Let's just start off there. How did that happen? Actually, yeah, let, let, tell that story, and then I'm going to go into some other stuff. Yeah, it is just kind of lucky, I guess. It's something that I've always wanted, and I figured I'm not getting any younger, and pitched it, and she uh, is just awesome, and it worked out, so... Yeah, I you know, she, she's like, Hey, if you're into it, if it's that important to you and you think you may not get another chance, just go for it. Well, I mean, you're, you're, uh, I bet there's a lot of people out there that are envious of your situation, at least on the surface, because of knowing what that, that property is near. Um, so you started going down this road of looking into the Skinwalker Ranch and stuff because you actually had an experience in Utah that I want you to detail. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about uh, some of the uh, you know literature that you've um, that you've authored. I know you're an author of at least one book. I'm not sure if there's more than one, but uh, you also have a research group called Space Wolf Research, which is uh, spacewolfresearch.com. But what are some of the things that you have uh, put out there for people to kind of look into for you? Yeah. uh, Done a couple books, the Utah UFO Ranch, which you can find on Amazon and also Shapeshifter Territory, which uh, you can also find on Amazon, and that was out this this year. Hopefully, coming out with another one here very soon. That's awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, this this information that you're putting out there and stuff. I mean, uh, it's like you got into this because you actually had an experience with uh, a shapeshifter. So, if you could just kind of detail the story as to what happened. I know you were driving along the road and some stuff happened. So, let the audience know exactly how you got involved with this whole idea of Skinwalker. Okay. Yeah, I'll get into what it entails. And I totally forgot. Uh, people can check me out at curoparanormal.com. I have a little podcast. So, yeah, the it it's very interesting how I got into an area that ended up being so restricted and locked down later on because it was so open back then. But I had succumbed to an injury. I was a fishing guide. I was uh, driving around. Had I couldn't work or get my foot wet, so I was driving around doing stuff, looking for places to fish or waterways or just kind of really just randomly looking for fishing holes. And I was coming down that road, which didn't have a gate then. And I, you know, it went all the way through, but I hadn't quite got to the house. I was back where the old gate used to be. And if people know where the old gate used to be, there was a bit of clearing to the right and looked like a trail and something was coming down through there. And I was like, I look like an elderly, an elderly native American. I couldn't tell if it was a he or a she really had a blanket over their head and came towards the truck and I rolled down the window and said, Hey, you want to get in? You need a ride somewhere. They kind of mumbled something and just kind of grumbled in, jumped up into the truck. And within seconds, I was just in tears. I didn't know what was going on. My reality just totally changed. And it felt like my Rolodex was just getting run through or like my brain was being hacked for highs and lows, kind of arconic, like it was feeding off of that or enjoying that in some way, shape or form. But I don't know that. And fast forward a few hours, I had some missing time. 
the Bureau of Indian Affairs found me near Bottle Hollow Reservoir, and I was just kind of hanging out of my truck, catatonic. They thought I was drunk, did all the tests, they realized I wasn't, and asked me what happened. And when I told them, they explained to me that I had been nabbed by the skinwalker. And that's the first time I'd ever heard that, but that term. But it is, it is basically a interdimensional kind of shapeshifter that is spoken of at least for 15 generations. This curse has been on this particular area that the Native Americans speak of. But also, we have Dominguez and Father Escalante coming through running trails for Spanish gold runs. And they saw in 1776 things as they were passing through Fort Duchesne that they logged that are, you know, completely lined up with UFOs in the sky, shapeshifters, things of that nature. So there's a lot and everything in between, like it's documented everywhere in between. So it's an interesting area. Yeah, it's absolutely an interesting area. And you pick up what, you know, a hitchhiker, I guess, in your mind. And this guy kind of messes with your emotions. Uh, before we get into that, though, you're saying the officials told you what you ran into as far as it being a skinwalker. Yes. The officials are really good folk in this area. And I know that just from experience and speaking with them at different times. And they're very honest. And they are law enforcement, but they'll be very honest of what happens in that particular area. And I guess that's why they have different officials in more tribal areas where these types of things can and will take place. And they all have had some experience of at least some sort, whether they talk about it or not, it's another question, but they'll open up. They, the, the, my favorite thing they say is it's not a matter of when. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a matter of if it will happen, but when. So it, it's it's really when you see it. It's not if you're going to. So this is something that, you know, they're, they're saying it happens to a lot of people. You're not anything unique when it comes to this. Uh, this guy that you pick up, uh, d- did he smell bad or anything like that? Did he smell like a dead body? Or I mean, uh, did he did he just seem like a homeless guy at first? He didn't smell good. He smelled old. It is hard to explain, but I didn't really know. I thought up until the point he was actually, they, I don't know if it was a he or a she were in the vehicle. And I don't even know exactly what it was because I never got a full look at it, but it seemed like an interesting, possibly interdimensional type now that I look back, but it was a very just, for all intents and purposes, what I saw was an older Native American in the middle of nowhere coming down off a rocky bluff. Like, whoa, are you okay? You know? And that was all I was asking. Yeah, that's, it's absolutely intense. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. It's like, uh, 
how I want to ask you this: How long did it take for this person or whatever it was to be in your car to the point that it really started messing with your emotions? You found yourself in tears. You felt like it was going through the rolodex of your memories. Uh, when that that all started happening, I mean, was it relatively fast, or was it like do you remember you know going down the road five miles trying to talk to somebody who's not talking to you before it actually started happening? Oh no, it was like three seconds after they got in the car. It was mayhem. And yeah, three seconds, like literally they just kind of like acted like it was difficult getting in the car and then that's it door closed. And it was, it was pretty much just kind of a, like, it felt like it was going through my Rolodex and I didn't know how that was possible, how something could be that highly advanced to do something like that. But I, that's all I remember. And then it was just missing time until I spoke with the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And how, how long was it? Do you know, like roughly how long it was from the time that that initially started happening to the point that the borough found you kind of like out of it in your car? I really believe it was about three hours. Jeez, that's a long time, man. It makes you wonder what happened during that three hours. I mean, you you kind of lose consciousness relatively quickly. So it really makes you wonder as far as like, you know, what happened? Did the person or whatever it was just get out of the car and leave and left you there for three hours? Or was there something else going on? Did you find that your car was in a place that you don't remember taking it to? Or was it in the same place? Yeah, same place. It was just a road back then. And it was interestingly a place where there is there was a gate before you can't even get to this particular location anymore. It's all private property, but this road has been annexed on the way in. And for all good reason, I understand why, because later on, fast forward about 10 years, there was a lot of people coming to this area to try to see stuff and, or had experiences there and they were starting to add up. So security kind of got beefed up at this location. But yeah, interesting place. So, all right, we're talking about the location now and you're th- this happened, I guess, not far from Skinwalker Ranch itself, right? Yeah, it's an area I like to call shapeshifter territory, which is just kind of a verdant, more, more appealing area to wildlife, you know, with trees and a river going through, multiple irrigation creeks going through it. And at the bottom of a rocky bluff and a windy bluff on the other side. And it's an old, it it all has to do with like an old sea that had to be there. It was a river at one point and it's now, it's, it's still, it's very charged, you know, and for high desert, it has some pretty unique characteristics. So you say it's pretty charged. Was this something that you had to kind of work yourself into as far as like what this was all about? I mean, you have this experience. It launches you into investigating what this was all about. You start finding information. Was there like a curve that you had to like learn on where it was like, I don't know if I believe this. I had this experience, but I don't know. Or was this something that you're like, I had this experience. I know something's going going on. And as you found information, you were kind of like really, you know, jumping in full force with it. Yeah, it was one of those things that there was like, it was zero information. And then the curve was so outstanding with people being able to like actually contact each other about this sort of thing or speak about it. 
and that was really with, you know, in the late nineties, the, uh, Sherman family. And when Mr. Bigelow purchased from them, because that was a really big split, you know, from some ranching family, a uh, nice Mormon ranching family that just wanted to get out of an area because it was so active and a kind of, uh, angel investor Bigelow, who was sort of a, uh, person interested in this sort of phenomena to invest so much money and be in such a different area. And, and it makes all the sense in the world to Bigelow because that's exactly what he wanted is something that was extremely active that he could kind of set up shop in. And I think, you know, he was a visionary in that sense. Yeah. So, uh, this property, let's just rewind here real quick. I'm not sure if we hit on it yet, but I just want to make sure I hit on it. Uh, If you could, for the audience now, I've had a lot of people message me, email me saying, you got to do a Skinwalker Ranch episode. And like I said to you earlier and stuff, I don't, uh, tend to try to force things. And if somebody hasn't had an experience with the Skinwalker or something like that, I tend not to really want to go down that road. The show is really about experiences and you've had that experience. But could you define for the audience what a Skinwalker is? I mean, there's a lot of people that define it differently, I've heard at least. Uh, but what what would you say a Skinwalker is? It is a mixture of things and it really depends on what culture is defining it. Whether that be the Native Americans defining it as a skinwalker or a dark arts practicing witchery way of following dark shaman, basically using whatever is needed at highly advanced levels to move space and time and, and do things that are at least appear to be something they are not magic perfectly explained really and what it entails is pretty pretty wild stuff and then there's also other cultural definitions such as the gin which is a possibility and they all are really the same thing in my opinion uh an alien artificial intelligence possibly is what many scientists or some have have looked at and and thought that that could be some some sort of possibility and a my my perfect definition is one that Colonel John Alexander coined and that was a precognitive sentient intelligence and that more accurately I think describes it whatever you're really describing something that is able to know what you're thinking before you actually think it to put it in a context that's more easily, you know, kind of a left and right. It's a, not a good thing, not a bad thing, not judging it from that level, but it is precognitive. It knows things. It's intelligent. And most often it likes to trick with you. And it's somewhat arconic. So it's, it's a very interesting entity or entities that are in this area. Yeah. And you know, when people ask me similar questions, like I get a lot of people asking me, well, what do you think a Yeti is? And I'm like, 
Pigfoot. I think I think there's just different cultural definitions for a very similar creature. I mean, it may have differences and stuff like that, but in general, it's a Bigfoot. I mean, that's what that's what Yeti is. That's what Yowie is. Grassman, the Ohio Grassman. It's 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 just different regions, different parts of the world define it differently, have different names for it. Um, so we're we're talking about Skinwalker Ranch, and I want to get into this now. You have you own a property now? This is the the property that you own. Is it literally like butting up against the property of Skinwalker Ranch? So, in a way, yes, but not really. And the reason I say that is a lot of the property around Skinwalker, let's just call it shapeshifter territory there, is leased by the same corporation or LLC that owns the ranch itself. And many of those lands are tribal in nature. And it's kind of a checkerboard. So some are actually private in nature as well. And and from what I understand, I really, this is really all rumor we're talking about, but what I abut next to, to the South, I'm adjacent, it's to the North and I'm to the South is basically kind of the first, it's said not to dig in the area because it activates these entities and things of that nature. And it's the first location and the closest of where there is an oil rig to this epicenter. And it's also a spot that connects both private and what I call the most hundred, well, it's it's a hundred acres and it is, I call it the most, you know, hunted or haunted really kind of the same thing because it's mostly large wolves that are seen in this area. And they have these supernatural characteristics and it's kind of this verdant tribal corridor. Well, it's mixed match tribal private. It's a, it's a mess and the access routes granted and things of that nature. Like there's no fence from where I go to wherever I go and, or don't go, there's just no fence. So, but there is, one that is in place to keep people in a reality of sorts. No, you can't go here. You can't go there. But yeah, there's, there's some really strange things going on. There's activity that has kind of like rebooted around 2016, right around when this oil rig went in, right around when new ownership purchased. And uh, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, it definitely sounds interesting. Uh, what do you mean by these wolves have like paranormal characteristics or whatever you said? I mean, have you seen wolves do crazy things that aren't natural? Absolutely insane things with excellent researchers. And to, to put it in perspective, what I saw made everything possible, unfortunately. And not myself. I, there were others present. And it was basically this black mist or nebulous looked like gnats or maybe some nanotechnology. It's hard to put this in when you're under moonlight in the middle of the desert badlands with no, no ambient light and you see something forming before you, like everybody else describes with skinwalkers or with gin or with some of these other areas we spoke of. It is almost like something ambient or elemental turning into something material and or like a dust devil turning into a creature. 
And that's exactly what happened. It turned into this canine and it was close enough in proximity and large enough that myself and the other researcher were like, this is too much. And just as our minds started to like wander on what to do as fight or flight, this entity kind of deconstructed and went back down into some other form and that was smaller and easier to deal with. We actually both really don't know what happened at that point. It was like a small porcupine. And it, <laughs> it was very interesting what it was doing. And in retrospect, I, I often talk to the researcher about exactly what we saw. That's kind of how our phone conversation goes. Hey, man, how's it going? How you been? So that night, like, like we've talked about it so <laughs> many times, just trying to deconstruct it. But definitely some interdimensional cryptid able to maneuver through space and time, like animal in nature, but maybe spiritual in essence, dominant yet very passive. So kind of the alpha apex predator, but then yet when you're hit with the fight or flight, it it got what it needed already, and it kind of deconstructs. And I don't know what it is. It's very interesting. Yeah, it really is interesting. And so we're talking about uh, you and the researcher having lost time after experiencing something very paranormal uh, out there. And it's one of those things where you hear... So I doing what I do, talking to all the people that I talk to and stuff, um, the fascination of these topics aren't like childlike wonder anymore like it once was. Like at one time I was like, wow, what could this be? This, that, and the other. Now I really get off on hearing similarities between people's stories. So like I'll hear somebody say something and I'll be like, I heard that before a year ago, only you're talking to me about aliens. And this person was talking about Bigfoot. And I make notes of that in my mind. I I really like, you know, connecting dots and putting puzzles together. And Skinwalker Ranch is filled with that kind of stuff. And like, so you're talking about lost time, which is something that actually is very popular amongst people who've had alien abduction scenarios. Now, this was an alien abduction scenario, as far as you know, I mean, but uh, you're talking about you don't remember what happened after that point. Do you remember there being a time where you actually realized, or you can remember what time it was, like how long of a period there was that you don't remember? Well, there is something going on there because it is not unlike other cases you hear about missing time. I'm not saying that it's not artificial alien intelligence, but if you kind of strike in the hot zone and what is currently spoken by the people there that where this took place, you have to put a, kind of put that in the mix or the mixture. You do get the legends of the skinwalker where there's many of missing time and these things appearing and disappearing in the desert, uh, high desert, if but still desert. And these, these interdimensional cryptids usually in wolf form able to, whether they're spiritual, dark, most likely because of their trickster nature, they are dominant yet very passive. They don't actually really ever, they can, I'm sure, but if not provoked, they are really a mimic. They just want interaction. They remind me much of, if you remember the story of King Solomon and he had like these legions of jinn or these elemental earth spirits that would protect him and do all these things. And I mean, this is 
a possibility because if these things are no longer used and these this technology or no longer used, you'd have like a bunch of homeless pets that would just be forced to wander the earth. And I think that sometimes these are just kind of intelligences that are non-corporeal, elemental in nature, and wishing to jump onto something. And depending on what you put out there, whether it be dark witchcraft, which in a way is, you know, in the words of Arthur C. Clarke, it's sort of like a technology. Uh, Magic and technology can merge. But this is, what's strange about this is with its popularity and the idea of skinwalkers and the people in the area, this is kind of adding energy to this a lot like was what was seen with, but on a real level, not an amplified, but it, a lot like was, if you remember the Slender Man phenomenon. Yeah. People just in, interested in seeing it, wanting to see it, that energy. Uh, the other energy of people wanting to practice these dark arts or find out where they're from and more coming out about that. And government corporations involved, Department of Defense, Intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. It's, 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 a, it's a classified area, you know, as far as the government's concerned. So, And that should give it, that should really give it weight, you know? I mean, like, it, the fact that it is a classified area, the fact that, you know, I think it was Senator Harry Reid, right? He, he led up, like, some kind of investigation with Skinwalker Ranch. Like, these are people that are in your mainstream politics that know about this area and give it enough weight that they classify the area. It's a no-go zone. And we're talking about paranormal topics. We're not talking about, hey, the Russians could be there. Hey, the Iranians might be up to, up there. We got to cut it off. No, we're talking about everything that's mysterious and weird about this property is paranormal. And our government is literally cutting it off because they acknowledge that this is very real and it's not safe. Is that right? Absolutely. There has been an advanced program in place that the government began with Bigelow. And like you said, there's, you know, the advanced aerospace threat identification program where it is like kind of, it's a secret investigatory program and an effort funded by the United States government to study unidentified phenomena like this, where it's just like, whoa, what are we dealing with? And then the response to that would, which would be OSAP or the next one, or it's kind of a shell game. They just keep changing the letters and the amount or the, you know, and that is the advanced aerospace weapon systems application program. OSAP. So what is it and how do we deal with it? And we're talking about like, it's like, this is like out in the media at this point and people still aren't paying attention and noticing that there are, like you said, there's some legitimacy to this. And at least for me personally, it, it helped because I realized that yes, there is as many have concluded anomalies in that area, both occult dark arts and geomagnetic as far as ley lines and parallels there are multiple things going on that are creating a 
support of some sort or have created these ultimate perfect environment or ecosystem for these entities to evolve or at least hang out. And I don't know what they're doing, but Rome. Yeah. And you know, it, it, what, what Skinwalker Ranch is, is a very good example as to what I talk about when I, because the show, we cover a lot of paranormal experiences, but we also talk, talk about conspiracies. And I believe that the two collide and that we have uh, real life government agencies, whether it's, you know, the DOD with Skinwalker Ranch or even, you know, ABC not exposing the Epstein stuff when they when they had the information three years before. I believe there's real life conspiracies with the these elite entities in our in our real world that are mainstream and they collide with things like Skinwalker Ranch. And you you said that you know you're like you you don't really know why people aren't paying attention to it still. It's because I I firmly believe it's because uh, as a whole our population has been manipulated and brainwashed to uh, believe what the mainstream media says. I like to say mainstream propaganda, but uh, they they even if they come out and they say Skinwalker Ranch is real, there's all this stuff going on there. We're going to get into some of the entities that are on that on these properties, uh, but. Uh, even if they come out and say that, tomorrow they will drop five other truth bombs to distract people from what's going on over here on Skinwalker Ranch. And before you know it, it's forgotten about. Our culture and society is ADD when it comes to information. It's just the next fix, the next day, the next thing. And they, they don't remember what happened yesterday. And I really think that that's a big reason why a lot of this stuff goes undetected because, I mean, you guys, you know, Blink-182 you know, is investigating UFOs and aliens with the government. Nobody talks about it. Why? Because we're talking about freaking impeachment, you know? So like, it's just, it, it, <laughs> we're very easily distracted uh, from things and we allow the mainstream propaganda to tell us what's important to focus on. And uh, that's why we have shows like this one where we say, no, we're going to focus on what we think is more important, which is the paranormal and you, you know, idiots colliding you know so um but let's talk about the skinwalker ranch the area i forget what what the area you what's how do you define that area not as skinwalker ranch but well and you have to do it because of legal purposes and the reason this is how crazy this rabbit hole gets (laughs) okay if you look at this the word itself which is a it's a native american term for a shape-shifting witch that practices dark arts the word itself Skinwalker has been trademarked by the LLC that currently owns the ranch. And then these are just tools that are they could use against you if they needed to. Uh, also, the word Skinwalker Ranch, also the word quote-unquote ranch in and of proximity of the other two words, things of that nature. So just to forego all that, which I probably shouldn't have said, I just call it the shapeshifter territory. <laughs> I got you. Because... <laughs> it's an area that these things, which I guess you have to think of another name for them, are are roaming. You know, um, I'm still going to call the show Skinwalker Ranch with Ryan Burns, so <laughs> they can they can take it and, and cram it. I don't care. Uh, you know, that's that's gonna you know people are going to know what I'm talking about then. So, <laughs> but uh, right, it's right. crazy though, the politics that get involved in this and just shows you the, the depth of this, this, uh, the nature of this cover up. Now, uh, the people who own the property now, are they involved or tied in with the government at all? Or are they a private individual uh, company that owns this ranch or property? Being a neighbor is kind of like the way I, <laughs> like what we were just talking about. Like that's, 
I can't make anything but vague references to that. And so I, you know, but I you can't, can't tell me. It's, you know, it's different if I was just like run and gun, you know, weekend warrior bouncing in, bouncing out. But, um, yeah, we share very close proximity and it, I, I, it's not, a, it's not, it's not a bear. I want to tickle type thing. So you're saying that you're, you're, you're guarded with some things that you say because you're fearful of repercussions or uh, fearful of ruining a relationship you have with your neighbors? Uh, both. And any opinion that could be skewed or, or, or anything of that nature, like all, all I know is what I'm told through. Sure. Some are very close and maybe possibly have been or are in the inside, but that's not really in my opinion for me to talk about. I got you. I understand. Uh, so, but the fortunate thing for us talking to you is that, uh, we don't need to talk about that property, uh, a whole lot because you actually own property near there that, you know, these things don't know boundaries. It's not like they're like, well, whoa, that's, that's Ryan's yard. We're not going to go in there because we're not allowed. Like you have these things coming onto your property. I know that because I've heard you say before that you're actually trying to create your property to be almost like a safe haven for these things to reside on. Is that right? Yes. It's, um, if you want to call it, I, I want to make it more of a sanctuary because I realize that any given night you'll hear multiple gunshot with, you know, at different properties. And there are multiple properties involved at this point. And that's just not something I like really. That's, that's how ownership at my property began too. And that's not something that I wanted to keep going or that's, you know, I had a caretaker slash a security person. There was, well, there were two people there and they were sitting on the porch and in their words, they were having a cigarette. They saw three entities jump over this fence. It's a pretty secure fence. You know, tall railroad ties with freaking barbed wire, not bad for the area. And these things just jumped over like nothing. And then they stood up. They were fairly tall. They were grabbing equipment and cameras and lights, motion lights and playing with them and throwing them around, just kind of messing with stuff for the reason to mess with stuff. And then as they realized, yeah, we got some serious trespassing going on and grabbed their weapons and started walking back towards this road. They, as they got closer, they realized they were having, as they yelled, you know, identify yourselves, we're armed, get out of here, you know, and repeating the same thing, no response. They realized that they were really walking up onto something they weren't aware of. And uh, when they got fairly close, these things in their words, hunched down sort of on their haunches like wolves would and sat. And they kind of drew up on them like, whoa, like, you know, when they were, <laughs> it was kind of seen as like, this could be a possible aggression. You know, they could come at us at this point and lunge. And again, they, they said, you know, identify yourselves. They were just dark and shadowy in nature is how they were described. And, and eventually it came to a point where they took a shot and they unloaded and there was no effect at all. These things just stood up and ran, jumped over the fence and came back from the area they were in. Wow. So 
has anybody ever gotten hurt by these things that you know of, uh, whether you met the person or you've heard stories? I mean, I know you personally were affected by the, you know, a skinwalker. Uh, I don't know if you would describe it as being hurt, though, but do you know of anybody that actually lost their life or, you know, was cut open or really injured by these things? There are some stories that will 100% convince you that this is happening. They're not stories that I can speak of firsthand, but it usually involves sickness and death immediately thereafter. So they're terrifying. They're, they're malicious. If, if you're going down that, that skinwalker road, that path, they're, they curse people maliciously for no reason. They're intended victims usually do suffer some sort of consequence unless they immediately respond with a different sort of magic and it's it's an interesting it's a really cool thing to do you know if you're looking for a hobby this is it is like it, because there's so far and few of the information you have to actually get personally involved in nature and physically interact with people that have actual skinwalker accounts and have dealt with them both law enforcement and the you know the victims and there's a very real aspect to this. And a lot of these facts or encounters in particular areas are covered by basically a federally protected unit of law enforcement, much like a ranger, which is the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And they, they can, they, they're federal police and they have powers that are more than that of your standard police officer. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know they had that kind of power. Yeah, if you're on tribal, designated tribal areas, they are, they, they, they can take precautions that they can hold vehicles for 72 hours, no questions asked. They can take vehicles. They can take you for 72 hours, no questions asked. If you park or you're seen stalking or stopped on tribal land where you shouldn't be without a permit, their, their powers are exponentially granted to a, a larger level so it's really not our property is like you know it's that's what you realize is this is not you know the united states in a way this is actually tribal land that is not governed by rules that we create anymore that's interesting so uh does that affect you with your property that you own i mean do you still have to adhere to certain things that you know make you feel like, you know, you're really not in control of, you know, the property that you own? Well, I don't know if anybody feels like they're in control of this property. Kind of like I mentioned, it's <laughs> very true. checkerboarded. And, and the reason is you're right there sharing waterways, sharing designated, uh, you know, different pathways for everything from irrigation, which is usually controlled by the tribe, to you know, culinary, which is controlled by not the tribe, to there's, you know, you name it. There's, you know, there's uh, mosquito abatement. You have all these different entities that are having to do their job in an area where nobody really knows who has proximity in any particular region because you have to follow the same pathways or roads or like, you know, ranch roads and stuff to get to like where like to do your job and this is just what i've heard from like a possible well a tenant of mine is actually who you know helped me with understanding a lot of it he's bia as well and 
he, it, you basically just do your part and hope that nobody like pokes and prods and it's the same the other way. So it's difficult. You just try to work with your neighbors and that's why it's best to not sometimes say certain things. Yeah, I can understand that. And I'm going to ask you a question that you may, you know, say just that, you know, I can't say, but, um, you, you mentioned about earlier in this interview about security. Uh, are we talking about is Skinwalker Ranch something that is heavily guarded with like manned security? I'm assuming there's cameras. Uh, it, it to me, from the outside looking in, it almost has this like Area 51 vibe where there's armed guards and there's cameras everywhere. Don't try getting on because we're going to know you're there before you even get there. Yeah, it's best to not try. And it's it's best to avoid that. So I, I, that would be my recommendation. Man, a few words. <laughs> I, well, well said, though. I, I understand. Um, and uh, I, I, you and I started talking about this a little bit before we started the interview, and I wanted to bring it up on this. Uh, you know, I was just on, you know, not too long ago, the Tinfoil Hat podcast, and on that show, your your Skinwalker Ranch came up, and I shouldn't say your Skinwalker Ranch, but the idea of Skinwalker Ranch, and I said, yeah, I would love to make it out to that property one day and just see what's up. And Sam's like. You want to go, dude? We're going. And he got all excited. In reality, what are the odds or the chances that uh, a podcaster, uh, you know, that talks about the paranormal and Sam the comedian make it to Skinwalker Ranch and actually have have a chance to get on that property itself? Anything is possible. And just interest in it, like you said, that curve grows. It is whatever the entities are here. It just seems like people that look into this watch out because it 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 likes the interaction, and there are a lot of questions that haven't been answered, and it's a very deep rabbit hole of paranormal, uh, Native American legend, UFOs, cryptozoological creatures, everything in between, poltergeist activity, just plain shadow entities, and. Things that are inexplicable, massive wolves that are known to roam the area. And it's it's not just legend. It's just kind of something that is happening. And so it is a very interesting hotspot. And I don't know where it's going to go in the future. So what you're saying is people who show interest, the more interest you show in this, the more it seems to attract the people to there? Yeah, much like uh, an area like Sedona where for you know you can't go it's it's hard but back in the day Sedona was just kind of the middle of nowhere and now it's kind of a tourist trap for those that are looking for this interdimensional characteristics and intergalactic ports of some sort but there's really I don't think that'll ever fully happen in Utah this is more like off the beaten path harder to find doesn't really get mentioned other than when you're talking about the phenomena itself, because it's just kind of a high desert badlands. But what you're finding, and a lot of people are seeing here, like in the real estate, is that people that shouldn't have interest in this are purchasing land here for reasons along those lines. And not that there's government involvement as well. Yeah, well, we, we've, <laughs> we've established that the government obviously has a very high interest in this. Uh, and that's really interesting because I remember when I first heard about Skinwalker Ranch years and years ago, I, I found out 
you know, what it was all about. And at least the rumors, like, because like I said earlier, it depends on who you're talking to as to what story you're going to get from Skinwalker Ranch and uh, what these things are. But when I heard about it and then I was told that or I read about how it being in Utah, I was like, what? Utah? Really? Like, I was just like, I just, I didn't expect it to be Utah. You know, you expect it to be, you know, Arizona or something like that, you know, but uh, it's very interesting property. Um, Let's talk about portals. Have you ever seen a portal? I know that this this area has portals. I know the Native Americans talk about portals opening up and things coming in and out. Uh, Have you ever seen a portal? Yes. And they are really cool. It is about what people describe. It's a lot like another reality, maybe 20 feet off the ground, 18 feet, sometimes 12. Just another opening of time and space where something can be seen on the other side. And sometimes light or objects or actual shadowy figures are seen coming in and out as well. What have you seen coming in and out? Have you seen anything actually le- go in or out of these portals? Yeah. Um, myself and another researcher, Will Hoffman, who lives in Missouri now, filmed a portal on essence on Skinwalker Ridge that was opening and these lights going in and out of it. And this was back in the Bigelow era and not even on Bigelow land. This is who knows could be tribal, could be there. There's a lot of names in proximity, but, uh, it, you know, you could obviously, and we got to film it. It's online. You can see it at spacewolfresearch.com. And in the daytime, I've seen these as well with other researchers. Uh, I saw one recently with Dave Miller would be the most recent one where after you've seen a few, you can, you know what to look for. And it's basically like a little rip. And then like you're, you're looking at the horizon, which is blue, like blue sky. And you have a little rip and it's like an amber light starts glowing and opening up and you'll see things pop in and out. And it's almost like you're looking at either a sunset or a dawn on the other side or a different sky. And you'll see things pop in and out and then you'll see them close up matter of seconds, but easily filmable. And I plan to get some daytime ones. Wow. Wow. So you, before this all happened in your life, would you, if you could go back in time and talk to you before you had that encounter with the skinwalk and you told him what told yourself where you were going to be heading in life, as far as this research stuff goes, do you think you would have believed yourself? Because, I mean, this seems like something that, like, totally took you your life's direction in a direction that you weren't planning. Super crazy. Um, it's a super crazy experience. And that territory surely sends you on a path of coincidence. It's hard to, you know, after a while, the coincidences are just so unreal. And the people that you meet and start talking to and you start absorbing that, wait, I shouldn't be able to even meet this person. Who is this person? And why am I meeting them? It's not through anything that has to do with this weird, quirky mixture. And it is definitely 
like I said, the more interest you give it, the more it will take. And that's something that the scientists say, like even when you know it, this, this area or this, this phenomena, when you crave it or want to see it, the scientists who have studied this, and I can't mention who they are or anything of that nature, but they mentioned that for everything they give, they take, or there, there is an exchange. So you lose something every time you see one of these phenomenal experiences. You lose something like what though? Like part of your soul? That's where everybody goes with this. And I don't know that that's exactly it. It could be. And I don't want to put it in a box, but maybe it's that tether to the reality that we've sold ourselves. The, it could be just that, you know, that baseline reality is boom, adjusted in some way, shape or form that you're no longer exactly the same. Yeah, well, you know, that makes sense. I mean, every time you see something like this, it would redefine reality in your mind. I mean, you grow up and, you know, most kids grow up in a household where parents say, no, don't worry about it, Ryan. Monsters aren't real. You can go to bed. It's okay. There's nothing in your closet. And we build our reality around that. And then here you are as an adult, you know, well into your adulthood being faced with the reality of, hey, monsters are real. And so every time you come across one of these things, it, com- it confirms more and more into your head that this stuff is for real. And the reality that we've been taught through our public school brainwashing system is maybe not totally accurate. Uh, you know, I, 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 I firmly, I don't know about you, Ryan, I just met you, but I firmly believe that the society that we live in has been carefully constructed in a way that allows every facet of that society as a child grows into adulthood to be manipulated in a direction that they want you to think in and believe in. And I think that things like these properties are, you know, smashing that reality that they've been crafting. Uh, what would you say to that? I would agree. And it's, it's another, you know, it's, it, I do agree. You, the manipulation seems to be more obvious and and especially with electronic devices, how tethered we are to them. But that I'll go into that later, but there is sort of a manipulation and these areas that more, let's just put it that awakenings are received where you receive the message that less resistance to the expected and necessary. And more acceptance of what is possible and just that that kind of like that opening in the sky for whatever reason that opening into your psyche when you have less resistance to actually expecting anything and you expect more of everything because you've seen things that shouldn't be that has some kind of some kind of connection to this entity or alien artificial intelligence that's trying to interact with us or mimic things in the area. A very interesting phenomena is one of disembodied voices that goes down all these same pathways that we've spoken of, regardless of culture. And it's usually involving these highly evolved or advanced entities that are able to speak without a body above your heads, you know, like the Greeks described in their, you know, in their myths. 
And this is a long time when you start like adding up the, the, the years of how long there have been these mentions of the same characteristics in different terms. You know, we're talking about thousands of years, but these entities that can speak in the heavens above your head and you can hear them and they're either talking about you, mimicking you or things of that nature, sometimes even replaying what you were just saying, but in their own language or tone. And it's, it's very interesting, whatever is taking place. I can't say what it is exactly, but there is an interaction between something on the other side and a mixture of these cultural definitions that we know as these magical entities of the desert. Yeah, you know, and if so, if you had this footage, here here's a good proof that things are not what you believe them to be as far as the mainstream propaganda goes. Imagine the movie um, uh, Independence Day with Will Smith back in the '90s. Just a ten percent of what happens in that movie is with the aliens and stuff. If that actually happened in real life you would say that would be on the mainstream news everywhere. People will be saying, look at this ship invading the world, right? Well, there are a lot of things on that kind of level happening in Utah and it's quiet. It's really, really happening. Like you can literally go and find government agencies, people within your politics that are active in what's going on on Skinwalker Ranch and nothing. And so that tells you right there that there is a certain amount of cover-up going on. There is a certain amount of uh, manipulation as to what they want you to believe and think. And uh, it, it's just it's just not cool, man. It's just not cool. So, <laughs> uh, but, so you have seen the portal, or I, I should say portals because you've seen it more than one time. Uh, you've had a close interaction with the skinwalker that uh, kind of kicked this whole thing off. Uh, I've heard people talk about Bigfoot being on these properties. What would you say? Do you, have you ever heard or seen anything? I have seen dark figures that could be described as a Bigfoot. I wouldn't say not. I wouldn't describe them necessarily in that, but their their abilities doesn't escape that eerie grasp of the Bigfoot term, which is like being able to throw down trees, knock over barriers, larger footprints than usual, existence and agenda seem to interact with. Again, this, this, this narrative of our agenda of interacting with something, you know, like your typical Bigfoot stories, like throwing rocks at you, making sounds. But I don't know, because when you're dealing with a possible, the, the possible work of a more manipulative intelligence than yourself, there, you, that derails, I try to derail a lot of my instant you know, gut reactions just in the name of research. I, I note them and they're at the top of the list, but I think whatever these entities are doing, it's working and it's working quite well because it's fooling a lot of recognized science and it is precognitive to an amount where for quite some time now, this precognitive sentient intelligence as Colonel John Alexander coined it, is able to, well, it's more than able to just accumulate data. 
it's got a, substan- a substantial way of actually demonstrating that it can interact with you. And there's something that people call ranch fever that are very close to the epicenter. And that's so like the more energy you give it, that will multiply itself and come back at you. And you will become more involved with the territory, the experience, just the research of it. And it's, it's pretty wild how it works. Yeah. I mean, so I'm looking at this list right now of things that people will encounter on this property. And uh, I want to run through some of this with you because uh, it seems like an awful lot. And I'm sure you know what list I'm talking about off that the website. I don't know if I can say it. I'll just say it. it's my freaking show. I'll say it. SkinwalkerRanch.org. Go there and check it out. Um, so the list on this website here, have you seen, like it, the portals is listed. Have you seen anything else off of this list before we kind of start diving into this? You know, it's interesting because most of the files and things, and not not so much the forum discussions, but the files and the reports and personal experiences of the individual who's responsible for this website, we've had a lot of these similar interactions as researchers in the past. And we have some similar, regardless of personalities, because you have to like leave personalities out of all this, because the this ranch fever plays into it and kind of plays people against each other like a chessboard. And as soon as you're aware of that manipulation, the the way that you interact with other people in the field becomes a lot more obvious because you you'll see people rapidly decline and rapidly evolve. And there's no in between. It's it's <laughs> there is actual manipulation taking place by something so yeah the entities are you there's saying, a lot of creatures are, are you saying real quick are you saying that the manipulation as in like it it something seems to be turning uh ryan's uh attitude against his fellow researcher kind of thing like almost like making it a competitive oh absolutely so it's like a competition oh absolutely absolutely and it's not for you know necessarily it's malevolent reasons in my opinion, because I believe there is manipulation in that sense, because if we were all on the same page as a lot of us try to be, you'll start to easily see these manipulations coming in that don't mathematically make sense or at a rate that is, you know, Murphy's law times 10. And it is, in my opinion, a way to deconstruct the research going into analyzing whatever the phenomena itself is. So it's protecting itself by warring people in amongst themselves and still being able to just basically wander free. And that's every, everybody's onto them now at this point, unfortunately, but that's why I think it's important to research them. We don't know exactly what we're dealing with. It's, it would be the worst thing to just destroy them you know, not knowing exactly what you're dealing with, which has been shown in the past, unfortunately, especially with something of this caliber that can interact with us on a level that is sentient and, and they can, the type of interaction that they have. Anyway, yeah, there's lots of entities and whether this is the same entity using different masks or different entities in general, is up for discussion. I do believe that it is different entities in general or something that is so aware of its craft that we 
have no way to even see eye to eye. But yeah, lots of stories. Yeah, I mean, so I and I I tend to agree with you as you know somebody who's not a researcher on you know Skinwalker Ranch, and I'm just we're just having a conversation. Uh, knowing what I know about it, it seems like it's different entities. Like it would be very hard. It'd be very much stretching for me to say it's all the same thing. Cause I mean, you're talking about uh, on this website, the spotlight, flash drones, invisible chopper, mini stealth. Then you got the bulletproof wolf, the controllers, the traveler, the dark one, little girl voice, uh, Firefly spirits, you know, water babies, like, and even the portal. We talked about the portal. I mean, I think that there's there's a lot of crap going on out there, and it's like a, for whatever reason, a hot spot. Have you ever heard the uh, voice of the little girl, or have you ever talked to anybody that has heard that voice of the little girl? There are sounds that come through that sound childish uh, water babies little girls there are sounds that are almost like help me sounds and it's interesting that you went through the whole like name of like all the different entities because you know the, the there's many the little girl the traveler the you know the dark one the dark one's actually one of my favorites because i think it serves as a good native american aspect or explanation of that but one that usually and is completely irrelevant is the term of the jinn and what's satisfactory about that term is it's all-encompassing when you look into what the jinn is capable of and again we're just talking about different cultures describing an entity in a different way which the semantics of this is actually where the discussion begins which is unfortunate because we should just forget that and like look at what we're looking at and like make our own that's why I love the art, the idea of a alien artificial intelligence, because all of those terms would also encompass that. And that could be added to all those terms, whether it's the gin or a shapeshifter or a Native American witch that's figured out how to manipulate space and time through an interdimensionality of sorts. So these are all, you know, these inner work, if you're able to kind of like put your boundaries down, but these spirit beings they can be both good and evil. And, but if you look at the gin, it is, it can be winged. It can be of light. It can be ghost-like. It can be, you know, it has a lot of different descriptions, demonic, angelic, and the ability to shapeshift. So the disambiguation of the gin or the, the way that it is perceived in popular culture with like the genie in the lamp is interesting because it can do anything. That is really interesting. And, you know, I I wonder why they don't even have that on the list here. Why would you say that is? Because that might just be the answer or a more familiar word, the origin of the answer, because Mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do is put a label on these things or a name on them, because at that point you limit their power and you start to lose grasp of what they actually are. I got you. Yeah, it makes sense. And, uh, you know, even talking about like the attention, giving these uh, things attention, like we were talking about, you know, earlier ago, uh, and you brought up the, um, the, the Slender Man. I mean, the, the Slender Man is something that, you know, essentially was a made up thing. And then we have two girls killing their friend because the Slender Man told them to do it. One kid, you say, okay, the kid was crazy. Two kids doing such things, 
it, it shows that you can actually manifest such things by giving it attention and uh, very, very interesting stuff that's going on out there. Uh, would you would you have a hard time inviting people out to your property, not to Skinwalker Ranch, but your property alone? Uh, would you have a hard time inviting people out there knowing what's going on and knowing that, you know, there's responsibility for those people? Absolutely. And that's kind of what I have to tell everybody is that there is sort of a lockdown of sorts because of security, safety precautions. There are safety hazards involved because just, and you know, a lot of people would probably call me crazy, but just knowing that something is able to interact on that level with individuals in proximity to, I mean, an augmented reality through portal proximity, really, and a meditative state that's either brought in or is felt on the property or properties when these entities are nearby. It's it's pretty heavy. And yeah, no, it's not worth the risk. It's really not. Darn it. I was going to ask you if I could come out. <laughs> I would, I'll tell you what, Ryan, if, there, if there's ever a time where, you know, you're, you're ta- taking applications, send me one because I will fly out to spend some time on that property because I am severely interested at this point. Uh, severely, I do mean severely. So I might be <laughs> to a detriment of myself. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. And, uh, you know, it does make sense because uh, for you, it's a reality. And and like you said, some people might think you're crazy. Well, for you, you've seen enough to know that there's something going on there that people on the outside of the, that topic won't understand. They won't believe. And if you go into a situation where, especially if you don't really expect to have anything happen around you and something does, it could lead to a fatal injury. Um, what are the chances though? Like say, you, say you're, I don't know if you're there now or not. I know you don't live there year round, but say you go there tomorrow. Um, what are the chances that in a 24 hour period, you're going to have some kind of activity? Well, to answer like both those questions, this is so funny because just recently a person that I've been in contact with a very long time, who's wanted to come out to see the property. He's an oil worker. He had a time to come out and he moves around a lot. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to cruise out. I said, yeah, let's grab some lunch, cruise out. Let's I'll just show you around. And this was very recent to put it kind of like in context. And, you know, very middle of the day conversation, perfect weather ish for the time of year. And we left in our little, you know, little earth roamer, our little golf cart to silent. And we're cruising along and giving him the, the property tour. And we come back the same way we just came. There's nobody out there. And we come back to where we were just at. And there's a deer leg, just a severed deer leg right where we were and we had just been there we heard nothing saw nothing we were in close proximity and it's just hard to explain and this was under perfect conditions so you know middle of the day sunny warm really nice company and just boom deer leg where you just were you saw nothing, heard nothing, and then there's a fresh, practically twitching deer leg. 
right where you were. Jeez. So, like, do you think that was like a warning? You know, it's not so much what I what it. It's more what it makes you feel, and that's it's when you start thinking is when you start to get cloudy on your from a spiritual standpoint. Because I think there is a point where. You know, I spoke with some people that are pretty high up the food chain, actually very recently, like people that actually have, well, anyway, people that have said that, yeah, they've had to do things like move because of the energy. And there is, I don't know, whatever it is, it's able to, it's ready for anything. Unless you use something like, it likes to play with random number generation. So if you have one of those, loves it. You know, it's kind of a Simon Says or a Ouija board of technological sorts. But if you have a quantum random number generator, it starts to get confused. So these entities or gods with a little G start to get confused when you start hitting them with quantum math. So awesome. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. So, but they like it. So there's some interesting stuff going on. So have you used a Ouija board and things like that to try communicating with these things? No, just, just random number generation. Okay. And yeah. So uh, you're doing random number generation and like, what does that entail though? Like what, what do you gain from doing that? Like, are you like doing like, actual mathematical problems like two plus two is what and then it answers four or or what it is more um coincidences that you're looking for so like multiple highly advanced coincidences even if you do it on a small property you can open up the area if you want you're just checking for coordinates or like where to go next even if it's on your own property and you can just keep getting sent to the same places and it's coincidence if you open it up you just keep getting sent to the same places. And there's there's a patterning that's taking place. So either, the, either there's an electromagnetic field, which there is, that's messing everything up, or there's a cult proximity, which there is, that's messing everything up, or past curses back and forth between Buffalo soldiers, you tribes people, and then the Navajo curse upon the youth. There's that going on. And then you have like a very porous sandstone ridgeline, a uh, man made water source that is seeping through it. It looks very irregular when seen from above or aerially. And then it has a huge power line systems thrown across it. And those power lines are decimated, or at least the casings. They're built in the fifties, early fifties, and or mid fifties. And there's so much EMF coming off of them, charging all this this high desert landscape, which is unusual, along with a parallel that is highly anomalous anyway. And then you have the curses going on, and there's just, there's just, yeah, with the government involvement now, it's off the chain. Yeah, it kind of. It, it kind of sucks from somebody like me sitting here listening to these stories and stuff. And it, it creates this like envious 
um, feeling inside, like, man, I wish I was Ryan right now because like you got there before the government got there and now it's like all locked down, but you're kind of locked in there too. So it's like, you're, 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 you, they have no choice. Like you're just, you're there, you're part of it now. And it's just like, dang it, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, we, we just, we're out here just, you know, wondering about the mysterious, you know, Skinwalker Ranch and the government's got a lockdown. Um, you know, you, you shared some stories with us today about, you know, your personal experiences or things you've heard. And I'm sure there's a lot of stories that you haven't shared. Is there one particular story that you haven't shared that you would like to share with people that maybe would give them uh, a real firm grasp of what we're talking about on this show or even just, you know, something that's going to leave them walking away with some goosebumps? Yeah, I think the the reality is you don't have to be in any particular area. You just have to be in the area. And there's plenty of legitimate legal spots to camp, hang out. You could stay there multiple days with the Native permit, Native American permit. And if you concentrate on just looking, which is really hard, people are not paying attention to a whole lot. And like you said, I think we are all being manipulated and being forced to be in an area where there's really nothing to do but look you'd be surprised what's going on. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I absolutely do. And, uh, you know, you just said right there that I can get a permit and camp out for a few days. So I'm going to start looking into it. I'm going to find a way, Ryan. I'm going to find a way out there for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I appreciate you being on here, man, and sharing these stories and just talking Skinwalker Ranch. It's something that maybe we can do down the road again sometime because uh, you're definitely somebody that I was, that I've, I've been looking for you, Ryan, honestly, like people, like I said, we're asking, Hey, you should do a Skinwalker Ranch video uh, show, but I won't go down certain roads. I don't want to bring somebody on that lives in Florida that just read a lot about Skinwalker Ranch. I wanted somebody that actually had some kind of personal experience with it. And you were the person I've been looking for. And I really am glad that you came on. Uh, Real quick, can you let people know again one more time where they can find your stuff? I know there's spacewolfresearch.com and that's like the hub for you. Uh, What were some of the books that you wrote again? Yeah, um, you can also go on Amazon and see the Utah UFO Ranch or Shapeshifter Territory. And also check out the podcast at HeroParanormal.com. The podcast is HeroParanormal.com. Ryan, thanks so much for being on, man. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show around with your friends. I don't care how you share the show. It could be social media, in person, over the phone. I don't care if you're talking to a stranger down the street. But if you enjoyed the show, I would greatly appreciate it if you shared it with friends and family and whoever. Now, before we get out of here, I just want to take a moment and talk to you guys about uh, something that's, you know, on my mind right now. And that is the Kobe Bryant situation that happened on Sunday. Uh, and just real quick, I mentioned it on social media, and I just want to let everybody that is listening to the show right now understand that I really do care about you guys as the audience. And I just want to encourage you guys to really, truly pursue your life's goals and dreams because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Tomorrow, we often think is going to be here and hey, I'll see you tomorrow. And hey, when I wake up tomorrow, but we're not guaranteed that. 
And we often live our lives where we waste a second here, waste a minute there, an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year. We just waste time because we act like we can get that time back. But the reality is we can't get any time back. We waste so much time worrying about what other people think and being afraid of failing at something that you always wanted to try that you don't even get started. And I just want to encourage everybody who is listening to truly pursue your life on a daily basis and try to be the best version of you that you can be because you never know when that time comes and you could have a lot of regrets if you don't live your life to the fullest extent possible right now. So on the way out of here today, I just want to give a shout out to two people who listen to the show, who I know are pursuing their dreams and their goals in life. And one is a guy on Instagram. He goes by Wolfface2. That's W-O-L-F-A-C-E, the number two. Go ahead and look him up. Give him a follow because he is a blacksmith that makes homemade knives. And I actually have one right here in my office that I'm looking at. He made it for me. It's a throwing knife. They are great quality. It's awesome stuff. And he is pursuing his dreams and life, his passions, his hobbies. And he's not letting any kind of circumstance get in his way. He's constantly posting on Instagram his new projects. And I really admire people that are doing these kind of things because this is what it takes. If you have something you want to do, you have a dream, you have a goal, just go ahead and do it. Get it started. That's the biggest and hardest thing you're ever going to do with these projects is just actually getting it going. And the other person I want to give a shout out to is a guy named Mike Anderson, and he actually makes t-shirts. Now, Mike is somebody I talked to on the phone recently. He has a company called FMF Screen Printing, and the FMF stands for Fort Myers, Florida. And this is a guy who worked at the same job for 18 years of his life. He worked at the same job, and his wife was making t-shirts and stuff from home, and things started cooking a little bit, and he decided to take the risk, make the jump, and go full-time into t-shirt making mode. And he doesn't just make t-shirts. He makes hats, hoodies, pullovers. It's a lot of cool stuff that he's making. And he just took the risk and decided he was going to put everything he had into this project because he cared about it and he operates underneath the idea that you only live once. And that's just what I want to encourage you guys as listeners. Just understand that you truly only live once. And so live your life to the fullest extent now because we're not guaranteed tomorrow and we can't get back the time that we already wasted. So until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it will piss you off. Bye. Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Cause the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones that today. To the ones that we lost on the way Cause the dreams bring back all the memories And the memories bring back Memories bring back your There's a time that I remember When I did not know no pain When I believed in forever Everything would stay the same Now my heart feel like December When somebody say your day Cause I can't reach out to call you But I know I will one day Everybody hurts sometimes, everybody hurts someday, yeah, yeah. But everything gon' be alright, gon' raise a glass and say, yeah. Cheers to the ones that we got, cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not, cause the dreams bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Cheers to the ones that it
Oh, no. 